Hello, Left Unsaid listeners. It's your host, Carl Desir. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know about two things in, th- in this episode that might be triggering. What's most important is that you take care of yourself first. This conversation does touch on some heavy subjects. We talk about the impact of the murder of George Floyd on our guests. And there's some cursing as well. Because you know that's what happens sometimes when emotions are flowing. So why don't you take a moment, decide if you're up for for these topics. Either way, we love you. I'm going to go back to what Ash said. Let's do that. People, and specifically white people, need to acknowledge that there's an issue. Because doing things and advocating for people out of just allyship, embarrassment, shame is not going to be, in my opinion, a long, a long lasting impetus for people to keep raising their hands and, and keep wanting to make change continue. Created for the MAPE community by the MAPE community. Left Unsaid is a podcast where we speak our truth, celebrate our talents, tell our stories, and explore what matters most to us. It's time to leave everything on the table and make sure nothing is left unsaid. Welcome to another episode of Left Unsaid. It's been a long day over here. I am excited. I have a lot of energy for this conversation we're about to have with some organizations that are out there changing the game, making sure that we can no longer, and by we, I mean the industry, can no longer say, we know who in the industry says this, we cannot find diverse talent. I'm so excited for this. This conversation is so needed. I'm going to let our guests introduce themselves, introduce their organizations, introduce what they're doing. Let's start with uh, Women Who Create. Hi, I'm Shauna Margaret. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm the co-founder of Women Who Create. Hi, everybody. I'm Ash Ramirez. Um, my pronouns are she, they, and I'm gender non-conforming, and I'm also the co-founder of Women Who Create. Welcome. Before we jump into the other one, we're going to do what we've had you know, on here, our red, yellow, green check-in with Shauna and Ash. And as you know, if you've listened before, red, yellow, green is just allowing us to check in with ourselves and with each other, see how we're coming into this conversation. So we just all have a better understanding of where we are. Shauna, Ash, who wants to go first? Yeah, so it's been a long day so i'm gonna say i'm out of yellow right now slowing down but still i'm still going all right i am at an orange somewhere between a red and a yellow honestly was texting shauna earlier about this (laughs) and i was like i'm not ready but mostly because i'm leaving advertising and um this is my last week at droga five and going to publishing next week so you guys heard it here first all right Uh uh-oh uh-oh Doing big things in another industry. Well, thank you for all what you've done here in advertising. Yeah. Got to go change the game somewhere else now. Yeah. Got to keep, keep <laughs> changing the game. All right. Thank you both. Pleasure to have you. Up next, Ron. You want to go first? What's up, Carl? My name is Ron Lewis, co-founder of DiverseCreatives.com. And I am, I am Walter Gear, also co-founder of diversecreators.com and uh and ecd and head of experience and design at vmlynr thank you for having me us all of us this oh. is good stuff i'm a green i'm at a green i'm a go i feel like well you're usually at a green i try to be 
<laughs> All right. Ron, what about yourself? Not at, not at, not at like seven though, when my daughter's waking me up. No, I'm green. I'm green. I'm excited to uh, to talk about this stuff. You know, very very important topic, and I'm glad for the uh, the platform. All right, and yeah, um, definitely. Oh, what was that, Shauna? I was just agreeing. Okay, good. And just got just got a note from our from our control room. Uh, we'd also like to know if any of y'all are Maple alum, and if so, what years? Two thousand and five. All right, Ron. Oh five. Oh five, class of twenty sixteen, the best. <laughs> you know, every mate class says they're the best. <laughs> Who am I to We're judge? The best. Who am I? To, you're all I, the best. <laughs> yeah, class of twenty twelve. Okay. Well, damn. Like now, I feel left out. Uh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a mate alone. Don't worry. Jeez. Neither am I, Walter. Neither am I. Can Can I get honorary? Yes, you can, you can get MAPE adjacent, Walter. Boom. MAPE adjacent, yep. All right, we're giving out honorary MAPE alumni degrees. Well, I thank you all for taking time to talk about what you're doing. All right, so let's let's just start there. I want to know what each group is doing, why they decided to make you make this decision to create these sorts of lists, what led to that, and let's let's start with women who create because y'all have been around for a minute though, right? Doing other things, but now. You know, you're very focused on kind of creating this list. What made that change? Or first, let's start with what Women Who Create is, and then we can go there. Yeah, so Women Who Create is a mentorship program that pairs uh, women of color in college and early in their career with seasoned women in the field and different creative industries. And we also hold events as well. Ash, did you want to add anything to that? (laughs) I mean, you kind of summarized it perfectly to a T, but (laughs) I was like, yeah. 100%. I I would like to kind of just talk about like more about the events and the resources that we provide outside of the mentorship program. We're working on building a community for women of color across different creative industries and just trying to get people to women of color specifically, you know, to be seen in, in these industries at the top. Love that. So needed all, all of those things. So like, let's talk about what's, what's the, what made you add the list to everything you're already doing? So we all know that a lot of things have shifted in this industry and life, really, in in the wake of George Floyd's murder. A lot of eyes were opened, ears were opened, and it was really a time for everyone to take action. And as an organization that's dedicated to elevating women of color, Ash and I asked ourselves, you know, what are we going to do to contribute? What are we going to do to give back to the community And at the same time, I was hearing, and I know a lot of other people were hearing from their colleagues or other managers or hiring managers, like, I don't know what to do. I can't find any diverse talent. We don't know anyone. It's too hard. And so we had been wanting to launch something like this for a while. And we're like, okay, we've got to get eyeballs on this now. We know that in our community alone, we've had over 650 women of color just come through our program so we know that they're out there and, and we know that they exist. So we launched the spreadsheet as, as a means to get women of color seen. Like we exist, we are out here. We wanted to give them the opportunity to be hired and to be found by recruiters and hiring managers. We need more visibility. We need more, that question of where can we find them or that statement, we can't find them. Like, I don't know. It's what, frustrating. I, yeah, it's super, I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. I know y'all, that's why y'all made the list, but it's super frustrating because three out of four of you on the call here are, Mape alone, and that alone in our industry. If you say you can't find them, but you and you know about Mape, then I think you're just fooling yourself. So Walter and Ron, what both of you 
on the creative side, you got together and just said, let's get a bunch of our friends together, put them on a list, get everyone. Well, how, how did this get started? Ron, you want to take that? Go ahead. <laughs> Sounds like you volunteered me. You know, it, it, it's funny because uh, I think a point, a point came where, you know, I'm grinding, I'm doing my thing, I'm trying to move up and what have you. And you lift your head up and you reach a certain level, you know, creative director, and you realize that you're alone, right? You're, you're literally like lonely. And it's a kind of lonely in the sense that, you know, you're looking for people that kind of look like you to celebrate kind of what you've done and, and, and where you've, what you've achieved. And that loneliness put, set me on a search to look for other, you know, creative directors out there. And, and I started building a list. I was creating LinkedIn and building this list. I saw this dude in a hat in, in a pretty sick fedora. He, he had a speaking engagement, looked him up, Walter. And I messaged this dude. I was like, hey, you must be a black unicorn because I can't find other creative directors. I'm making this list. And next thing you know, he's like, well, dude, you're number six on my list. Right. So we both kind of were starting to, you know, build our lists. And that led to a conversation that then led to what took longer than it should. You know, we, we spoke like a year ago hour and a half conversation, you know, let's make this happen. What are we going to do with the names? Who we should have on the list, so on and so forth. Life happened. And then George Floyd happened and Walt called and he was like, dude, this needs to happen. It needs to happen right now. What he said. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, it's the truth. It's, it's interesting in that I think that both of these platforms is all about, you know, trying to show people that the talent that we exist, right? We are here. What's unfortunate about it, however, is though we seem to find ourselves in these in this kind of cycle of always trying to raise our hands and say we're here. Look, we're, we'll show you we're here, right? So, so the problem continues to kind of you know rest on our shoulders. It, it, what's interesting again, like Ron was saying, that this was just about. You know, I had the same experience as Ron, which is like, I look around, I didn't see anybody. About the same time I created this list, my, my smaller list, I went to an event at a bar for, I don't know if any of you heard of, uh, it's called Brothers in Advertising. And I went in there and there was like 30 brothers that looked like me. And I was like, I have never seen, like, I felt like, did I, am I in the right spot? This is, it just felt good, but weird too, because I've never had this, right? So, so again, it was like trying to find, you know, other people that, that look like us that did what we do. My list was about finding, you know, executive level folks that I could just say, Hey, here's what I'm going through. Can you tell me what you're going through? And like Ron said, we connected a year later, decided, Hey, it's now, now's the time. And, and we pushed it out. Yeah. yeah. And Ron, I really connect with you when you said it was lonely after May and so much support and so much community. And then we're just yeah. out there after we're like, we're all alone. And that was one of the reasons that uh, I, I brought the idea of, of a mentorship program to actually Taylor Yarbrough, who used to be at MAPE, who connected me with Ash and wanted, we really wanted to cultivate that community. It's true. I, I coined the term MAPE-pression. Um, and it's, it's a lot of MAPEers after, you know, especially having had the experience of kind of being in the city together or coming to New York or traveling to be with other MAPEers. And for the first time, you know, getting that energy just from being around, you know, like-minded, diverse individuals. And then you have to like go back to where you're from and the internship ends. It's always that moment where you're like, you're left with a, with a void. And, and that this organization has, has, you know, done so much for kind of connecting people. And, and I think that part of that is what I think is the driver behind trying to create other communities within the community. 
I'll even add to like, not only is there a void where we're not seeing our community, but there's also not a lot of support. We're not seeing like, we're not getting the resources. We're not having like managers. Like I just remember like there were people that like I first started out, it was just like, we're not here to help you. And I was just like, who's going to help me then? Like, I'm just starting out. I'm a, I'm a person of color. Like, I don't know how advertising works uh, outside of just my internships. And there's like a lot of politics. There's a lot of things like these unspoken word, like rules that like you have to figure out on your own. And when we started the mentorship program too, it was like, we need to be able to tell each other those secret rules and get us, you know, past those, those levels of those barriers, honestly. So yeah, I mean, that, that, in itself is like why I think the mentorship program in our community and like the people, the like-minded individuals that you're talking about, Ron, are super important. All great, great points. You mentioned so much stuff, like the reality of being lonely in your job, which is something that people of color feel more often than not when navigating in these in these white spaces. And to even be seen, right? As you mentioned and Shawnee mentioned, created when the list so that people can get seen, which often were looked over, you know, just straight up, just like, we not even there. We're invisible. I'm curious, you know, the list, the the programs that you all are creating. When you start these, what impact do you deep impact do you want them to have? Right, because most of the time, what I'm seeing now a lot is agencies, companies just being like, "Look at the first person of color I see when I walk out the door. I'm going to hire them." All right, and you mentioned a lot about community. So when you think about these lists and the long term impact, where do you see that landing? I mean, for me, real quick. So, so from a functional standpoint, right, this is, we built like a searchable database of diverse creatives, right? Mm-hmm. From a strategic or, you know, point of view, we, we, we built proof, right? Because at the end of the day, it's just a list. But what it is in, in a bigger sense is proof. Proof that we've been talking about the wrong things, proof that you were hiding behind other excuses, proof that there's something else up, right? That needs to be discussed, right? That's, that's what it really is. Because Walter and I, we don't want to need to have this list mm-hmm. in a year, right? We, we don't think we would love it to not be necessary, but we're willing to do it to make, to make the point that you can no longer hide behind, you know, the same old excuses because guess what? Here they are and there are a lot of them. Yeah. And, and to that point too, it was interesting about our approach when we, when we got back on the, on the phone and decided we need to do this, it was like, all right, do, do we do a spreadsheet? It was like, no, it can't be a spreadsheet. Everyone's list is a spreadsheet and it's just too difficult to dig through. And then it was like, all right, well, let's, let's do a post. I did a post on, on, on LinkedIn. We agreed up, up front before that post even went out that, look, if we only get two, three or 400 people on this list, we're not going to launch it. Right. Because then we show ever the world and their world says, see, I told you, 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 you couldn't even find a few hundred people. How do you expect me to now find someone? So we did that post in that, five days. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that four or 500, just if they think they can't find four or 500, you found four or 500 for them. That's what I was going to say. Like, indeed, <laughs> indeed. But they would they say. They can't well, find one though. Yeah. They can't yeah. find well, one well, person to hire. Let alone four, four, I mean, four or 500. That's way more than anyone thought. Oh yeah. Well, well, true, true. But like, we didn't want there to be anything that any kind of backlash that like, yeah, see, there's not that many, right. It, it's slim pickings. Yeah. Uh, we did that post and then in four or five days we got 1600 and now we're up to 23 something. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, that was, that was a big one, but it's, it's, you know, like Ron was saying, 
our expectations, this dies out and it's gone in a year. And our entire intent was we don't want to charge people because we don't know one another excuse of like, oh, you know, we would, but budget, et cetera, et cetera. The other piece is just that like we're just trying to make the connection. Right. And, and right now, we're most certainly taking advantage of the time because now is a time more than any I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, and I hope we see these days again where black people can actually get up and ask for what they want. They say, I want this. This is the promotion. This is the salary I want. Right. And if we get in and what we see us doing is this is a vehicle to help get that and get them there. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about like this time. And you all have mentioned that this time is different I and mean, it feels different. What do you think is so different about what's happening right now that things like lists and mentorship and, and just community building is is a little more better received by industry because you know if i think about back to my time at mape like it was i mean talk about you know thousands of people mape's got probably four thousand alumni out there after this year but even getting that list together and getting people interested in that list you know outside of the one time they're recruiting for that one position was like climbing a mountain you know in the winter with no shoes on (laughs) so what's different about right now people like people are pulling receipts people are serious people are fed up like i think it's just like at this point, we, there's a lot that is just, that is just layering on, you know? And it's just like, it's COVID, it's Black Lives Matter, it's systemic barriers. It's the fact that people of color haven't risen to the top in various industries, not just advertising, but across the board, you know, it's, it's so much. And now that we're just at this pinnacle point of being like, you know, people are, are seeing it, they're recording it, they're blasting people out like and, and holding people accountable. And it's not necessarily just like an industry wide thing, but this is like now a holistic coming of like looking in the mirror and being like, this, this has got to change. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you don't get with the program, you're going to get left in the dust. People like people are leaving. The industry is really small in advertising. Like people are going to jump to the, the better agency where there is DNI efforts that are, are being invested in. And these people aren't going to put up with it anymore. I mean, I think that's kind of kind of cut and dry. I'm sure there's more to it, but like, I, I just, I see people now just coming collectively together, you know, people of color specifically and saying like, this is enough. And like, to what Walter's saying, like black people, brown people, they're demanding this, like, this is, this is enough. You know, yeah. let's be very clear. This is COVID did this, right? COVID, like the fact that we are all home, we've seen this movie play out many times since, you know, I remember coming home and watching, you know, videos of Rodney King, right. With, with my parents late, like nine, 10 o'clock and not going to bed. Cause I'm watching this, you know, LA and all this stuff burned down. I, you know, a couple of days ago, I saw another post about another murder that I, that I had made on Facebook from four years ago. Right. So this is nothing new. It's we're all home and we're all forced to watch it. And now that people are forced to watch it, I think we have, you know, white people saying, oh shit, yeah, maybe this is kind of serious. And now people of color saying, we're fed up with this shit. And for the first time, using our using platforms and social media platforms to be vocal, right? Because I'll, I'll be honest, like I've talked shit in the past, but not like I most certainly have over the past six or seven months, right? Like we have we are emboldened and I think race, racist people are and people of color, like everyone has this need to say something right now. 
And this is why we're seeing this, this, this change in this shift. And I don't know that I can say it's for all industries because I have other friends who are, you know, saying that they're having issues in financial areas and in, in, in the pub side. But I know like the advertising world, like we have most certainly had enough and we understand how to do the searches and, and call people out and how social media works and how to blow people up and black Twitter goes crazy. Uh, and we are in a moment, man, where I think it's just people are fed up and agencies and people are like, oh shit, okay, we definitely need to do something. But yeah. at the same time, how upsetting is it that it takes people not being able to leave their houses or do the things that they usually do to get, to get people to pay attention We've had to, we had to have a global pandemic for people to pay attention and to realize that this is an issue and, and to see how people of color and black people are being affected by other people's actions and their thoughts. Because it doesn't affect them, right? It's like when you drive a car, you don't like, most people won't like change the oil until you see the oil light come on in the car, right? It's, it's, it's we don't think like, oh, every couple thousand, I should go up and refresh. It, it, it hasn't affected them, right? And now I think you're seeing C-level execs they're like, oh shit, we have to do something, but I don't want to give up my job. And me and Johnny and, and Chris and Krista have been working together for 15, 20 years. I don't want to give up one of their spots because we're best friends. So what do we do? Right. So, so it's, it's interesting time for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think um, what's, what's inspiring is, you know, if you, if you see what's kind of capable and possible when we all kind of decide to put our mind into trying to change something based on all the things just mentioned, you know, the culmination of all those things that amplified how people feel. A lot of us, we go to work, we, we kind of get our way, make our way into the industry, right? We kind of do a good job and we put our heads down and say, you know what, let me not rock the boat. I made it in. Let me just be earnest. Let me just make this money. Let me, you know, let me keep going. And a point comes where you lift your head up and you realize by not rocking the boat, you, you've gone nowhere. You've really gone nowhere. You've helped no one. You've you've not really moved or affected anyone's kind of future. And you realize that you have to rock the boat to go somewhere. You have to. And I think all these events have made us realize that. And and a point came where you feel embarrassed if you have not done anything you possibly could to make a change. And look at what we did. I mean, speaking for diverse creatives, we built a list, right? Any DNI professional who really wanted to brainstorm around solving this could have built this list a hundred times over years ago. Why was that not a thing? Right? We did not go and work with MIT and create some some super technical solution. We literally built a list. How much do you really care if you know this couldn't have been done, you know, a long time ago? So I think the right things had to motivate folks to take action. I think. Personally, I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't solve this sooner or try to solve this sooner, right? Because again, my head was down. I was not trying to rock the boat. But again, I looked up, I was nowhere. And nowhere meaning I need to measure myself on, I think, how I contributed to society and how I help, you know, my people advance. And I know that there are a lot of creative professionals out there who do not feel like they're welcomed into the ad industry. And I'm like, why not? Why not? You know, the people, some of the people that you work with aren't that brilliant, right? So like, what's the standard? Why, why don't we get a chance to, to, to kind of, you know, live the dream as well? You know, unfortunately for our people, every inch of progress comes with a loss, right? Walter said it, this, this has happened time and time again. 
this time, I think people are smarter. They're more aware. They, they are, it's harder to look away, right? Maybe it's thanks to COVID. Maybe, you know, let's make it hard for them to keep looking away so that they cannot um, avoid the issues. And I don't, to your point, like a lot of people, they, they are starting to feel embarrassed if they're not paying attention or if they're not posting on Instagram or doing this and that. And, you know, I, I want it to be bigger than just feeling social pressure to start being aware and paying attention or wanting to learn about being anti-racist or make a difference in their community, not just out of the fear of, you know, what is so-and-so going to think about me if I don't do, if I don't talk about this, if I don't post about it. But you know what? hundred percent, but I, I would take that as a start. I, I take that as a start because I think, I think, you know, sometimes we have to get our foot in the door and then we, we, make progress from there. So I think right now, if we are actually shaming people into making a difference, at least some people are being helped. And then I hope that with that comes some more education and understanding. The, the, the amount of economic power that we put behind, let's say, the Black Panther movie across the world, if we were to take that same energy, oh my God, and apply it to every other issue that we have, forget about it. Forget about it. If all those dollars we decided to pull away from an, econ- from an economy, you would definitely see the difference. So I think I would love that energy that we apply to kind of get in that movie skyrocketing in the box office. We could apply that to all these different endeavors. And yeah, I, I agree. There's so much in here that I agree, except for Walter, I don't know how you take care of your cars and motorcycles, but you need to get them oil checked. All right. <laughs> That's number one. I, take, I take care of my car, but all of you have said such amazing things. Ron, that last point about like what what I've what I've seen reinforced, you know, throughout all this is that there's there's power in the collective. We've seen what we can do because you talk about like why hasn't anyone created a list before? Come on, Ron, there's been lists created before. Mabe's got a list. Where are the boss ladies? The boom yep. list. Just in the last few years, there've been yep. lists out there forever. People have been trying to create lists for decades, but that's why I asked. There's something different about right now, right? And I think you know you're absolutely right, Walter. You know, it has to do with the place that COVID has put us all in. And Shauna, you're right. It shouldn't have taken this, but actually it shows how deep this has gone, that it takes something that affects literally everyone on the planet. And as to your point, it makes some of us mad as hell, right? It takes everyone on the planet hurting in some way, shape or form, some more than others for people to start to realize like, oh, there's, there's like, other pain out there that pain i saw in the rodney king and other ones before i thought that was just like over there but that's no that's happening like here and everywhere not just in a city that i've never visited but in my own backyard and i can only see that because i'm in my i'm in my own suffering right now and that's what this global pandemic does i, I describe it as like everyone's heart has been slightly cracked open a little bit and so when that happens, you're a little more receptive to feeling other people's pain. And there's like probably one person on the earth whose heart isn't open at all, but we're going to leave them to the side, right? You're more receptive to feeling other people's pain, right? That's why I now in the protest, what's different with the protest, you see a lot more white people out there. And yes, some of that is white guilt, right? And we have to think it past, I think, to the point like where it's just, I'm acting on, I just feel guilty and what the actual real change is. Like I think about, I think Ryan, you talked about shaming people. And I think about like raising kids, right? And I don't know who here besides Walter has kids. I think I think I remember Ron, you do. 
Yep. And but we, but we all remember being kids and being shamed into trying to do change, change, shamed into a different behavior. How long did that actually stick? Yeah. Right. It didn't stick. Right. So now I look at it as like, well, what is, where can we go and get into the real work that needs to happen? I think someone said like, you know, holding the mirror against yourself. I think Walter, it was you. Yeah. I said holding the mirror against yourself. And that's what a lot that's happening now. Right. Cause we are seeing people react. We're seeing agencies react, right? We're seeing a social post yeah. being like, I'm good. I support it. We're seeing a pledge, yeah. right? Yeah. What really makes me mad is these pledges like, we're going to give tens of millions of dollars over these. I'm like, well, where was that money before? Because yeah. in a global yeah. pandemic, all of a sudden you got tens of millions of dollars to pledge to stuff. Over the past years, we've been asking for pennies to try to make dude, stuff happen. Dude, we just got our band-aids, right? People of color just got band-aids made to to match their skin tone just now right yeah. crayola right we just got some crayons we just got some crayons carl I, some crayons that our kids you. could we don't have to blend other colors anymore right we actually have crayons of different skin tones 20, 2020 it took us that long to get some band-aids because people didn't realize that we bled and we needed band-aids that matched our skin tone you're, you're talking about how deep this goes. I think it's making it more than just like a moment. Like this is, this is definitely more than that. And it's, it's even more than a movement. It's evolution. It's, it's, you know, how do we get to that point of like progressing that? And I think, you know, I work in DNI and we are actively like people are coming to us every day and saying, Oh, I have this idea for X, Y, Z. I have this idea. And it's like, that's all fine and dandy, but we've been doing this work for five years. There's nothing new. Like you said, Carl, it's, like we've been doing the thing y'all just decided to listen today yeah and so it's like okay what are you going to do with that new energy Mm -hmm. how are we going to make this a long-term thing for you to where you can be an ally long-term and you know a year from now five years from now you're still invested in black lives matter you're still invested in equitable places of work for people of color yeah so it's just like where people need to start figuring out how to mobilize in that fashion in that fashion now i'll I'll say though i'll say though that the, the biggest problem is that we have short-term memories, right? So my fear is that come November, December, like yep. all this starts to come die September. out. And then like COVID, like we all kind of things kind of dust settles a little bit. Vaccine comes out. We're back to normal. Next summer, it's like, we're good, right? So I, I got to say, I am so proud of Gen Z and millennials because they don't give a fuck right? They are out here and they're making noise and they were mad as hell. And I can appreciate that because my, my other problem is that, you know, the seasoned folks and brothers and sisters and, and people of color out there that to Ron's point, don't want to shake the boat, right? Aren't using their platforms enough to make the noise, aren't using their platform enough to say, Hey, we need to do more. We need to help each other. Aren't using their platforms to reach out and send the elevator back down. Right? So, so there's so more, so much more that needs to be done. I just hope that the conversation continues. Yeah. And I think that's why we always have to keep pushing for the things that are not going to fit. Right. So for example, thanks for your black square, but hire some more people that look like me, give them a paycheck, let them support their families, right. Let them be a mentor in an organization for an entry level, diverse, creative or a mid-level diverse, creative, right. Put, put, spend that money and put people in their positions. Cause guess what? Whenever we stop talking about this, Hopefully that person is in there bringing in more people, hiring more people and making the way for others, right? Your square is going to fade on my timeline. Well, I don't think anyone is going to forget 2020. (laughs) 
But as time goes by, I think, you know, the people that are raising their voices, we, we have to keep going. And hopefully we've brought some, we've gained some new allies along the way who are going to keep raising their voices and, and being loud. And we have to keep our agencies and our businesses accountable with all of the pledges that they're making, with all of the programming that they want to create, or else it, it will be forgotten. I think, and it's, it's, I mean, it's already, you can feel it in certain places, the momentum, you know, the, not even the momentum, but the, the volume kind of coming down a little bit. Right. And I think, you know, I think the question is like, how do we keep the pressure on the agencies, companies to go forward? Because what, what we're really getting at here is like, not just a quick reaction to something that happened, but actually systemic change. Right. And how do we get at systemic change through the things that we're doing the positions we have, no matter where you are in the company. Because again, we all know, I mean, I think, well, you said it before, like we've been in this cycle before. This is a cycle. Like if you look back at the history, like we've every, and it's shortening, but like every 10 years, about 10, 12 years, we'd be in a similar situation where diversity, inclusion, equity, well, back then it was diversity, inclusion, and advertising would come to the surface and people would be like, we need to act. We need to guess. Like people have given numbers before. People have made pledges before. People have said they're going to do money and do better and it hasn't happened. There's something I think is a little bit deeper that gets at the systemic stuff that we see out in society that runs rampant through our companies and our organizations that we work for. It's actually stopping it. So how do, how do we, and I know I don't expect everyone here to have the answer. If you do, my advice to you is to share it freely so we can all change these companies. Leadership. 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 What do you mean? What do you mean leadership. by leadership? Leadership needs to be black and brown. We need diverse set of, of individuals, people of color at the table, right? So, so 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, guess what? The table looked exactly the way it looks today. Right. Uh, wait, wait, so, wait. So, there's, there's more white women. Today. White women. Yeah. All right. But here's the thing. Let's talk on that for a second, right? Look how fast they moved on the Me Too movement. Crazy fast. They had people skipping jump. You're a director. Cool. We're going to make you a senior vice president. You're a manager. We're going to make you a VP. I want to see that happen now, right? But it's not happening now. We see small moves here and there. Kirk today, CEO of Group M. That's huge. But I want to see more of that. That's, that's what I want, right? And I think when we put that in place, all these changes will start to come over time, right? But, but, but we need to see more of us at the table. What was, well, so my question is then what stopped? It was so, cause I have my own thoughts on this, but what mm -hmm. I want to hear from you, what stops that quick motion from happening? Right. Cause if you said me too, and all of a sudden there's more white women at the table, what is, I think the question I'm asking is like, what stops those leaders from making that same quick decision and saying, all right, we're bringing more people of color to the table tomorrow. I'm going to be real and just say that real. they have to actively accept the fact that they need to dismantle the systemic barriers that got them in that position and say that they need to admit that they have privilege and dismantle that and say, like, we need to, to we need to be able to get those folks, those black and brown folks to the table, like Walter's saying, and do it at that at that rate. But, yeah, like, I, I think it's but just accepting the fact point. that there are systemic barriers and we need to just be uncomfortable with dismantling that, actively dismantling that. I'll, 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 be, I'll be that guy and say, 
fair. <laughs> and 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 in in this in this context, talking about corporations and businesses that are all about you know bringing that money in, right? I think when there is that fear that either certain businesses will not engage with them if they don't meet certain criteria, certain celebrities will not work with them because they don't meet certain criteria, they're going to lose their stock prices are going to drop or what have you. I think a point comes where first hit them where it matters most to get their attention, because I think that's what they care about the most, right? The reason I think people of color are coming into their value, they're realizing how much they contribute to the, 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 the culture, the economy, the system, right? There's a lot of mental, I think, slavery that's still in place that I think we are slowly shaking off and we're realizing how important we are, right? And I think that's why you're like, you know what? I could get another job because I'm talented. And so I'm going to tell you what I think about what's happening in here right now, right? We're not afraid to go to another job. We're not afraid to move on. We are coming into our own. And I think we're therefore speaking louder and shouting louder and not standing up for shit, right? And I think when you see black celebrities who are who host million dollar concerts decide to say, you know what, I'm not performing at that venue if this is not in place or this kind of diversity is not in place or, or folks like Walter here who would say, hey, I'm not speaking on that panel if it's not a diverse set of people, we, we could call the shots. And I think until people take the time to understand us and get to know us and, and get educated, I think hitting them where the, the, their pockets are is a good start for me because I think that's when they're going to act quickest because they, they want to report to their shareholders. And I think we have that economic um, power to do so. See, to your point, though, and I agree 100%, Ron, but there are select peop- few people who have the ability to make that those moves. Yeah. Right. Yep. There are there are a few Beyonce's and a few Serena's who Whoa, can walk there's in the room and say one Beyonce. Oh, my okay. Valid point. <laughs> and only one Serena my, too. Good point. Good point. Good but point. I'm, but um my point being that there are there are a few people, like she is one of them. Like like they're, they're, they can walk in a room and say, No, no one no one here looks like me on that's working on my, my project, I'm out of here. Like there there are a few. So it's the ones that are there need to continue doing that and and continue asking for that, right? Brands have that power, right? So if brands are woke and and, and get it, they should be stepping forward and say, no, I'm not going to work with, and there there are a few out there that are doing that right now, right? But not enough. Yeah. But then also to that too, well, I think, I think we could recognize, for example, like this is my first ever podcast, right? And I'm on this podcast because I built a list, right? I built a list. So there are people in the streets getting arrested, getting beaten by batons, protesting for change, right? What I think everybody should realize is that there could be a way that you could be an advocate. You know, it may be in the streets. It may be in your boardroom. It may, everybody needs to keep the, that, that fight going, even when this is no longer the, the, the trending topic on social media, right? So for example, you would witness in a creative department that within 24 hours, they could get a creative into freelance just because it's like, hey, John, we need a ACD to come in tomorrow. Do you know anybody? Yeah, I know a guy. Boom. Guys in there, no interview, nothing, right? Where when I realized that I, I had to study to try to find some black creatives off the top of my head, I'm like, oh, shoot, we need to fix this, right? We need to give all of our diverse creatives a list of other diverse creatives that they could 
get within their agency within 24 hours, because guess what? That, that's what's happening right now. And we are out of the loop. We're out of the loop. Like we have to get interviewed, try to get a resume, all that stuff. Whereas, you know, John has his friends in there within 24 hours tops because the names are top of mind. We don't have that. Don't, we don't have that. I think a lot so of I think, that. Oh. I think each of us could be advocates in that way where, why are we not pulling people in, recommending people? And it's not, it's not asking for favors. It's like, these are talented people that are just not given the access. How could we give our people more access? I'm yeah. going to go back to what Ash said. Yeah, let's do people that. in specifically, specifically white people need to acknowledge that there's an issue because doing things and advocating for people out of just allyship, embarrassment, shame is not going to be, in my opinion, a long, a long lasting impetus for people to keep raising their hands and, and keep wanting to make change continue. And what I, what I love about this, I, I agree with both of with all of you. Ash, I love your point earlier about the systems. Ron, definitely need to get more people. I've always said, like, imagine what happens if all the people of color in a company just referred one person a month for the whole year. Just one. for The whole year. Imagine what that pipeline would look like. And sure, there'll be some overlaps. So let's take off a couple people. But, you know, one person a month. I, I want to go back to what Ash said about the systems, though. Because these systems were not built for us. So that system you described about John or whoever getting his friends in, it was never built for us. I've watched a diverse slate of people come through. And at the end, it's three white guys who we're choosing between. There's some, there's, it's not even that there's something broken. There's something that's just not built. It's literally built with exits for us as we make it down or up or whatever. And it's so important, I think, to think about at every level, right? What I love about this is like everyone here has a role in helping us dismantle. So it's not that if you're not out protesting, then you're not doing, you know, you're not part of the solution, right? You got to be actively doing something. You just can't be sitting at home posting on Instagram. You got to be actively doing something no matter what role you have in the company. And yes, Walter, to your point, there are certain people at certain levels who should be taking a huge stance. We've seen that with some of the celebrities walking out. I want to see it more. Right. As we find through these lists, these, you know, higher level folks of color, what, what, what are they doing? And what are the people who are just getting in the industry doing? That's a big question. I think, I mean, you know, you see like, what change can you make? I was uh, listening to a podcast the other day. What am I talking about? I only listen to left unsaid. I I read about (laughs) a young lady, I believe her name is Julia Bond over at Adidas. Who was fed up with the racist culture and just said, sent a note out and was just like, I'm going to protest noon every day at Adidas headquarters in Portland, Oregon. She went out, expected it just to be her. She got a crowd and she kept getting a crowd and people came, people supported. So somebody, and I think she was like an assistant, um, an assistant designer, right? Not high up on the totem pole, just sent a note out. Can't remember who said it before. Like oh, I think Ron, it might have been you about the platforms we have. Anyone can start a list these days, right? Thanks to you know Google Slot, Google Forms, and um, Airtables, and this, and you can make it really fancy if you have the skills. Anyone could have a podcast. I got fancy equipment here, but all you really need is your phone. Anyone could write something and put it on LinkedIn, 
no matter what level you are, those, those barriers are down. You don't have to wait till ad age or ad week says, I choose you to speak your voice. And it all, I think, you know, a lot of the work I'm focused on is, is attacking the systems because the systems is what it doesn't matter. People of color benefit from the systems. And then white people are like, look, the system works. Cause look, that one person made it up. Look, we've got one more there at the table. So the system works, keeps most of us down. I had to tell someone recently, just cause I'm an exec doesn't mean I'm exempt from the powers of these systems. And if we can't dismantle the system, it doesn't matter. I've watched it. I've been in this, I've been doing this work the time of the forays and RGA for almost 10 years. And that's not even a long time doing this. We're other people doing it way longer, seeing these systems not work, yeah. not work for us, keep us down. It's time for people to, again, someone said, point the mirror back at them. Said it like, ask these white execs, like, what are you willing to give up? How have you actually helped perpetuate the systems that you say you don't want to have? Right. Because again, they're fortunately they're in power. And they have the power to change it. How and what can we yeah. do to make sure that that actually happens? But I love this conversation. Yeah, like, I, I fully believe like there's no one right way to do this work. We actually need everybody, right? The power of the collective, right? We're talking about lists and what lists are. It shows a collective, right? We see, um, you know, the power of that with the initial letter from 600 and rising, and the kind of the momentum that started in many a place. And that's where I'm going to end that conversation. 600 people spoke in one voice, regardless if you agree with everything that was said or not. And the industry, the advertising industry listened. And that's where I'm going to end that conversation. The power of what we have together is where it is. And we, you know, again, we all have to do our, it's like, it's like you know, if you think about um, like a football team or maybe NFL is a bad situation, but any sports team, different players all doing different things to achieve one goal. We can't just have people protesting in the street. We can't just have people in the boardroom. Got to have everything, right? The protesting, the loud noise and the banging, the banging down the front door keeps the attention on it. While you have people, let's say like, you know, sneaking in the back and working the way in and being like spies and taking it down from the inside. You got to have both in my opinion. You're right, man. But when you talk about, and this is such a valid point too, because there are so many other platforms other than us two mm -hmm. that are out there, right? So many other lists. Let's be honest. What if we all got together? What if? What if we all came together and said, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Let's merge all this, create a thing, one thing, and boom, right? It could be fucking amazing. Right. But I think that what you have, and I'm not going to call anyone out, is you have some people who want to get paid for it. Right. You have some people that are trying to do good. Right. And it, it comes in as, oh, well, what am I getting out of this? Right. And this is a bigger problem. We talked about like us not doing enough to help us. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I would, I would love to see that. And I'll vocally say that right here for anyone that might be listening with another list or anything. Like, let's figure <laughs> out a way to work together. I mean, there are three lists on this thing right now. Mm hmm. Yeah, we're definitely down to collaborate. I think I think what's interesting, though, is, you know, if you look at all these, you know, initiatives, it's 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 us, you know, trying our best to make it easier for the system, right? You know, it's us 
saying, you know what, here they all are. Here's a list. How easy could it be? And so on, right? Like a lot more has to be done to to change, um, you know, those systemic practices and 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 those behaviors, right? Because if we're not able to get those things changed, I mean, we could keep making as many lists as we want, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, they still need to be held accountable to, to having a certain amount of representation, right? On their boards and their creative departments and their agency, you know, on a whole. So I love the fact that some of these organizations are more focused on creating the kind of legislature, if you will, the laws, right? To kind of hold them accountable. Because if you're not counting and checking, how do we know that they're 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 trying, you know, or they're actually you know, making an effort. I just don't want us to, you know, think that it's all on us because, you know, we're not the problem, right? We're not the problem. So I think, you know, I want us to, to be able to put equal attention on, on, on the system itself and put pressure on them to, you know, to open up that access. Yeah, you make a great point about trying to dismantle a system while actively living within it at the same time. And how do you strike a balance between that? Because I think you're right. Like, you know, and also I don't believe that a list can end and fit, end systemic racism and oppression. I believe it's one tool to help us get to that point, right? Again, it, we're all playing our parts, all doing certain things, you know? I love what you all were talking about before, like the sense of community as well, right? Always got to bring people together. But you're absolutely right. One list cannot do it all. Just like one diversity, equity, inclusion person cannot do it all. Just like one organization cannot do it all. So can we all come together? We'll see. We'll see. I think it's neat. I think lists are needed because we still have to live, unfortunately, yeah. in this system right now. And until that system changes, are we going to say, well, forget it all. We're not going to advance anybody. We're not going to do that. No, we're going to keep it going because, yeah, right now, if you're telling me this system, I think what this does is it says if the system is and the belief is we can't find them. And now we're saying, oh, you actually can because they're right here. That's one more excuse off the table. That's one more brick out of the system, right, that we have. So I, I love the fact that all this is happening. I love this conversation. I love the fact and that, one, go ahead. Oh, no, one quick thing on that. I think I think what, what to me, and this is my opinion, I think what lists like mine actually did was, you know, there are a group of people, you know, allies, if you want to use that term, right, who who may not have known where to look, right, giving people the benefit of the doubt, right, may not have known where to look, might have felt uncomfortable asking the question or, or searching for that term or, or what have you, or, you know, you know, and I think these lists made it very accessible and easy to say, here is the pool, right? You, you guys helped me go to a neighborhood that I've never been to before, right? Um, or I feel comfortable navigating this neighborhood now that you have made it kind of welcome to me, right? Or in, inviting to me, right? So I think there's some people who who were just looking for that invitation, right? So I think the next nut to crap are those people who still don't see the value in having diverse creatives in, 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 their, in their creative department or who thinks, hey, well, you know, maybe they're good for working on diverse projects, right? Um, and not just on any project. So I think there's definitely some minds that still need to be opened up in that regard. Yeah, well, we can give them the list and we can get some people in the door. And then the next issue becomes, 
How do we keep them? How do we retain them? It's just a many, many layered issue. And Carl, I agree. This is just one thing that we're doing amongst the tons and tons of other things that help keep people of color in, in the industry. And then, you know, how do they get promoted? You know, how do they get guided toward their moving up in their career? There, there's so many things that we have to tackle. So many things. It, you know, this is what I love about everybody doing their pro role. It makes it seem a little more manageable than having one organization, one person, one thing, try to tackle them all. Cause that's the only way, you know, you break it down and say, all right, y'all were saying before like you do this you do this you do this and we're all meet back at the middle or at the end goal i really this has been such a great conversation i wish we could talk about it for ever and i mean we will be because we're not going to let this just be a moment in time again all right we're going to break this cycle and make it linear we're just going to keep doing this but i also know it's late i got it i'm moving in the next two days. So I got to get packing, get ready to go. I just want to give everyone a chance. You know, is there any final parting thoughts you have? And also got to let people know where they can find the list, where they can find your orgs, both to sign up and to answer that age all question of where are all the diverse creative talent? Last thoughts. Okay. All right, okay. Welcome. So I'll just start. I'll be really, really quick diversecreatives.com right just it's, it's easy as that for we are we're going to be adding a piece to it uh, where we're going to have job postings so for anyone who wants to go and post to jobs in the agency jobs for diversecreatives.com uh is right there we'll be connecting it soon look i mean my 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 last you know thing i'll say is that we need to do more right and and so i'm i'm calling out all um executive leaders that are people of color and asking to use your platform and use, use, you know, your stand and where you've gotten um, as, as a way of helping others, man. And whether that be by bringing in the talent, uh, being vocal or raising your hand or raising your voice and saying something on social media, uh, we need, we need, this is about supporting each other right now. And it's important. Shauna Ash, want to add a final thought? Um, yeah. So uh, not only are, do we have creativewomenofcolor.com, we also have a mentorship program that runs twice a year. We are actively looking for mentors and mentees. Um, our fall sponsor, our, our fall program is coming up and we are looking for mentors. So women of color, uh, sorry, women who create.org go there. You can find our mentorship application. You can also find uh, creativewomenofcolor.com and sign up for the database there. I will say this, this work, it's taxing, it's strenuous. It takes a lot out of y'all. So, you know, to my people of color, to my black and brown siblings, I, I say, take, take the time that you need to rest to rejuvenate because this work is far from over and we all need to just be our best selves in this. So the times that you, if you're feeling like that burnout, like take the time, take that minute because it's, it, it's important. Your mental health is important through all this work and you gotta be, you gotta be okay first, you know? So that's, I would just say, take that beat. Protect your yeah. I, I love the thought of all of us doing this together because it is so exhausting being on and being the person that people go to for questions or, you know, how are we going to make this program? How are we going to get more diverse people in here? And, you know, we're the ones that are like, Oh, I have ideas. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I have to go to sleep. Like I can't even, I can't even answer this question anymore. So I appreciate everyone that's stepped up, everyone that's raised their hands to help us because we can't do it alone. 
Ron, <laughs> out. My my uh, you know so since Walt kind of wrapped up on the site piece, I think what I would say is this: I think, and this is to all the folks that would be listening to this and and who who want to help, like let's stop waiting, right? Like you know, I think the people that on this call on this podcast and kind of the other lists out there, I think those folks got tired of waiting for somebody else to kind of you know, do something and, and, and make a change. And they, you know, we all did it in kind of our own way. And I'm sure there are more brains out there, right? More ideas just waiting to be hatched. And you're thinking that there's a perfect time that's going to come to do it. You know what? Do it now. We need, we need it now, right? We need the numbers. We need your, 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 your creative thinking, because there's probably something that, that would move the needle even further that hasn't been, you know, brought to the table yet. Let's let's do it. Let's stop waiting for other people to solve this for us. Let's just do it and, and see what happens. Couldn't agree more. I think the most important things you can do is just get it started. Right? We don't need to make, you know, a list of five million people tomorrow. And if you can do that, please let us know because we need your help. But you don't need to do that. It could, if it's a list of, you know, five, six, five hundred, twenty five hundred, whatever it is. That's better than nothing. So just start it. Just do it. If it impacts one person, that could ripple out so far. So just start it. I thank you all for spending the time with us tonight, recording this late night after hours, really dropping wisdom on us, sharing your point of view, your opinion. I'm so excited for what each one of the organizations is going to do. Even more excited for how we're all going to work together. We'll make sure to throw the links on the, the episode guide page so that people can find it there too. Every one of the lists that was mentioned tonight. I mean, this, this is what gives me hope. Smart, talented, driven people just doing the things they think are going to make it better. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. For everyone listening, see you next time. <laughs>